Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Cheers. Thank you very much. You almost killed me. <laughs> almost took your eye out. <laughs> we have uh, splashed out on the champers uh, because it's Christmas, but also because for the fourth year on the trot, uh, my local shop has a poor stock of festive ales. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. There's, there's no Santa beer. There's no... <laughs> Santa beer. There's no... Jesus beer, nothing. <laughs> we, were, we, like, we were willing to be tangential. At one point I saw there was an elk cider and I was like, it's a little bit like a reindeer. The worst one was there was Whitstable Bay and I mm. was like, and, and the, the bells, bells are ringing out for uh, Whitstable Bay. Bay. No, no, don't, don't so, worry. Champagne. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. Thanks. Mm. I've never been a huge fan of champers, I've got to say. That's all right, this isn't champers. It's, it's <laughs> Carver. I don't. I don't even think it's Carver. It's it's whatever was available it's, for it's just, eight pounds. Yeah. Anyway. Well, ho ho ho. Uh, welcome to the forty ninth. Two geeks. Two beers. We're nearly half a century old. Mm. Uh, some might say timeless. Perhaps <laughs> as timeless as Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this is our annual festive edition of the show. Uh, the fourth one, in fact, mm-hmm. in total. And for this, you know, we've previously ranked the Sherlock's, we've uh, ranked the Scrooge's last Christmas. We did. And this time we're ranking the Santa's. Hey. Uh, yeah, well, we've picked a selection of our very favourite actors to have played Saint Nick, Father Christmas, Chris Kringle, Sinterklaas. Right. Whatever you might call him, that's, that's what we're doing. So, but, you know, when, when did you first realise Santa wasn't real? <laughs> right. Now... I hope my mum is listening to this, and it's not often I say that about this podcast. <laughs> Almost certainly, isn't it? <laughs> because it was one of those things where uh, there was always someone at school who knew before you did. Yeah. Like, like the kid who was from the yeah. rough side of the tracks. Yeah. and Chino. <laughs> he was from Chino. <laughs> and so, he, you know, he sort of, his, all his joy was sat out of him at, at an early age. Yeah. Um, and so I was in the playground one day, I have a very clear memory of this. And uh, this kid was like, we talking about Christmas. I'm like, yeah, we're looking forward to Christmas, great. And he was like, obviously, you know, it's, uh, it's your parents, not Santa. I'm heartbroken. And I'm like, yeah. Was this when you were 14? Obviously. No, no, this is the thing. So I was about, I don't know, I, don't know. I, I was probably like seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. And, I was like, and then it's, it's one of those things where, realize, I, oh shit. Once someone says, it's like, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank God the tooth fairy's real. <laughs> and then, but then, right, yeah. it was a weird thing where I was like this eight-year-old who didn't want to upset my parents by telling them that I didn't believe oh, in Santa no. Claus. So then I would then play along and pretend. Yeah. And so every Christmas Eve, I would go to sleep, sack at the end of my bed, empty, 
Yeah. Wake up in the morning, sack full. Yeah. Now I knew at this point it was my yeah. poor parents having yeah. to get out of bed after yeah. I'd gone to sleep, yeah. middle of the night, fill up my sack, and then go back to bed, and I'd wake up. It's magic. Yeah. Knew it wasn't magic, but I didn't want to. But the, I, I was yeah. like, they're enjoying it so much. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt them. Now though, I said to my mum. Yeah, I did. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of 32. I say, Mum, I, I knew, I knew it was you from, from about eight. <laughs> she don't believe me. She what? goes, she, she don't believe me. She tells people. She tells like, people, my friends and stuff. No, he, he didn't believe. He, no, he, he believed until, until he was like uh, 18. What? I was like, no, I didn't. Oh, I was man. doing it. I was doing it for you. Making it look the right way. Now she don't believe me. Now she don't believe me. So, Mum, if you're listening, I did know. I was, I was doing it all for you. So which, I, don't, I don't remember the moment I realised. I just don't remember it at all. But. Look, but do kids still believe? Like, surely social media has just Kid, do kids believe? Surely social media just ruined it because and the internet in general. Like, you think you think social media's ruined everything? But the internet in general, you can't avoid. I don't know how you spoilers. Would... You can't yeah, avoid, it's can't avoid spoilers. Like, it's, on, it's on Twitter now. When we were kids, you could go until the, the age of eight or nine without yeah. finding out. I feel yeah. like kids now, you'll know when you're three. But do you know, do you know what you would do now? You would Google is Santa real, yeah. and it would and Google would instantly tell you no. Um, yeah. I can even though I knew f- for a long time I still mm. had stockings till far too late mm. like me and my sister used to just still enjoy our stocking until I, we were like 28 or something stupid I don't know what you're talking about I still have a stocking you still have a stocking at the end of my bed you know I was just saying about my parents filling up yeah. at the end of the bed and so after I had told them that I, I knew Santa wasn't real right <laughs> and so one year I go to go to bed on Christmas Eve yeah. and the stocking is at the end of my bed where yeah. it always is Yeah, it's full Yeah, and I went what is this Yeah, and my mum goes what are you talking about I was like it's full and she goes yeah but you know Santa's not real yeah. obviously and I go it's magic and I made them empty it <laughs> I went to bed and I made them fill it up while I was asleep oh no I know it's real I know. I mean I know it's not real but it's like how dare you it's, it's magic you'll fill it up when I'm asleep please I'm just a horrible I'm like I'm a horrible horrible person I made my parents do that but I remember the, remember the year that my parents suddenly decided yeah we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing stockings anymore uh-huh. um, I was probably like 27, 28 and I yeah. was like I'm 32 and still making them but do it. I was genuinely a bit like oh, well that's that's that knackered isn't it that's the death of innocence that's, yeah end of childhood it's gone now isn't it <laughs> so did your brother still have it no he doesn't so he uh, has a family of his own. Yeah. He, has a, he has a child. So that's the thing. I think once you have a kid, okay. you then you then become the parent. Yeah. So you then do that for that your kid. Yeah. I still, I you know, I, I don't have kids. I still spend Christmas with my parents. <laughs> I'm so I still get to be the kid. I'm still like yeah. it's still magic for me. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, do you do you fancy a brief history of Santa? I would love a brief history of Santa. Thank yeah, you very good, much. Because it, it is relevant to what we're talking about. So. Uh, the modern Santa Claus grew out of traditions surrounding the historical Saint Nicholas, a 4th century Greek bishop, and uh, also the British figure of Father Christmas. So there was some sort of real-life Father Christmas. He was a real guy. Well, I actually yeah. didn't know that. Well, yeah. And also the Dutch figure of Sinterklaas. So I've heard, I've heard of this. Himself based on Saint Nicholas. Some maintain Santa Claus also absorbed elements of the Germanic god Wodan, who was associated with the pagan midwinter event of Yule. Yeah, like Yule Tide. <laughs> yeah, there we a, go. A ghostly procession through the sky. Uh, Santa Claus, as you, I'm sure you're all aware, uh, generally depicted as a portly, jolly, white-bearded man, sometimes with spectacles, wearing a red coat with a white fur collar and cuffs. Have you got about the, the Coca-Cola? Yeah, oh yes, all right. we're getting on to that. All right. uh, the, the image became popular in the United States and Canada in the 19th century due to the significant influence of the 1823 poem A Visit from St. Nicholas and of caricaturist and political cartoonist Thomas Nast. I mean, when it comes to caricaturist and political cartoonist, Thomas Nast is my favourite. Nast is your go-to guy. Yeah. 
this image has been maintained and reinforced through song, radio, TV, and so forth. Uh, images of Santa Claus were further popularised through uh, the depiction of him in the, from the Coca-Cola Company's yeah. Christmas advertising in the 1930s. Uh, it has spawned urban legends that Santa Claus was invented by the Coca-Cola Company right. or that Santa wears red and white because they're the colours of Coke. Right, see, I didn't think the first bit. I yeah. knew they didn't invent Santa, yeah. but I thought... That's that not he, the case. Because I, I always heard that he wore green and then he only yeah. wears red now because yeah. of Coke. Historically, Coca-Cola was not the first soft drink company to utilise the modern image of Santa in its advertising. White Rock Beverages had already used a red and white Santa to sell mineral water in 1915. Uh, earlier still, Santa Claus had appeared dressed in red and white and essentially in his current form on several covers of Puck magazine in the first few years of the 20th century. Do you know what? I have learnt more in See? this in this See? little intro than I have learnt in the previous yeah. 48 episodes well, of Two Geeks. Well, I feel like this episode is all about Santa as we know him, and mm. I feel like it's good to know where that general image of Santa came because I thought it was Coke. I thought, they, I thought it was I Coke. Thought they, uh, you know, changed it forever. But I also realised there's a whole subgenre of sort of uh, films when it mm. comes to Saint Nick. Mm. Uh, early films of Santa revolved around uh, sim- similar plots of Santa's Christmas Eve visit to children. In 1897, a short film called Santa Claus, Fiz- Santa Claus Filling Stockings, is it simply called? I-, I like that back then they just sort of named what it was. They, like, they, <laughs> it does exactly what it says yeah. in the tin. Uh, Santa Claus is simply filling stockings from his pack of toys. In, uh, in another film called Santa Claus and the Children that <laughs> was made in 1898. And a year later, a film directed by George Albert Smith titled Santa Claus in brackets, or The Visit from Santa Claus in the UK was created. And in 1909, uh, a trap for Santa Claus shows children setting a trap to capture Santa... That took a turn! As he, te- ...as he descends from the chimney. But instead, they capture their father, who abandoned them and their mother, but tries to burglarise the house. That took a real turn! Yeah. So... What the hell? Only took a few years. And it, it, went quite <laughs> it was fun. like, Santa leaving presents, yeah. visit from Santa, your dad's back, your runaway <laughs> dad, your no-good deadbeat dad, and he's trying to burgle your house. Yeah. Uh, over the years, various actors have donned the red suit, um, but there are different types of Santas, and we're being strict with our list. We are being. We have been. We had. We had this debate, didn't yeah. we? Was that, yeah. right? What counts as a bona fide exactly. screen Santa? So, firstly, there's a whole Wikipedia article dedicated to this. Obviously, yeah. there's the questioning and believing of Santa, a genre of Santa films that seek to dispel doubts about his existence. One of the first films of this nature was titled "A Little Girl Who Did Not Believe in Santa Claus" from 1907 and involves a well-to-do boy trying to convince his poorer friend that Santa Claus is real. She doubts, she doubts this because Santa has never visited, visited her family because of their poverty. So it was quite a moving concept, you know. Yes. She didn't have Santa Claus. It's like that Nat King Cole song, a little boy that Santa Claus forgot because he didn't have a daddy, so he, he didn't have Santa Claus. <sighs> but in this genre, we're talking Miracle, Miracle on 34th Street, which we'll, we'll, we'll get on to. on to later. And we're also talking Polar Express, that kind of thing. Uh, then there's Santa as a hero. Uh, some less than serious films, it says here, feature Santa Claus as a superhero type figure, such as the 1959 film titled Santa Claus, produced in Mexico. Uh, in this movie, Santa allies with Merlin, the magician, to battle the devil who is attempting to trap Santa. Why have I never seen that? I know. Sounds incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Cold War era film Santa Claus Conquers the Martians in 1964. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Santa versus the Russians. <laughs> well, uh, Santa Claus is captured, captured by the Martians and brought to Mars and ultimately falls a plot to destroy him. Uh, so, in this in this sort of genre, we're talking Santa Claus the movie, which we'll get on to mm-hmm. the Narnia films, which I totally forgot has Santa in it as a character. What? Yeah, he comes and helps them and, and defeats things with 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 Aslan and stuff. Santa is a character. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he's in he's in the those movies that came out recently. Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. Yeah, Santa's not in Lion the Witch. No, he's not. He is. Merry Christmas, sir. It certainly is, Lucy. Since you have arrived. 
I've put up with a lot since I got here. But this... We thought you were the witch. Yes. yes I'm sorry about that, but uh, in my defence, I have been driving one of these longer than the witch. I thought there was no Christmas in Narnia. No. Not for a long time. But the hope that you have brought your majesties is finally starting to weaken the witch's power. Santa yeah. Claus in the movies. Apparently Santa Claus was part of yeah. the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. No memory of that whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Santa in South Park and uh, perhaps Nick Frost in Doctor Who which we'll get on to in a bit later. Good, good. Uh, there's also the succession of Santas where they suggest that Santa Claus is not historically a single individual but a succession of individuals like James Bond or Ace Rimmer. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so you got uh, Ernest Save Christmas did that. Tim Allen in the Santa Claus, Whoopi Goldberg in Call Me Claus, which didn't know existed, and uh, the animated movie Arthur Christmas, if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the category which we're not allowing in our list, which is Imposter Santas. No. Several films that have been created which explore the consequences should an Imposter Santa take over. Uh, so you've got like The Grinch or Bad Santa or Jack Skellington or the Silent Night, Deadly Night films. <laughs> Go back to our last uh, That Christmas Horror Films episode that we did. Yeah, episode 25, yeah. Festive Fright Fest. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a few honourable mentions before we go into our particular choices um, Ed Asner in Elf Ed Asner yeah uh, we don't get to see him too much in Elf but you know Buddy loves him he uh, previously <laughs> voiced Santa in 1996's The Story of Santa Claus and then returned for Buddy's Musical Christmas 2014 nice I'm not an elf Santa I, I can't do anything right Buddy you're more of an elf than anyone I ever met and the only one who I would want working on my sleigh tonight Really? Really? Will you fix it for me, buddy? I'll try. Papa taught me how. You gotta find it first. You dropped off the sleigh back over there a ways. The engine. The engine. Go, buddy. Go, Mr. Elf. Uh, Tom Hanks in the Polar Express. Again, not in it much, but, you know, he's animated in it. And, uh, you know, he has that usual dependable, cuddly Hanks persona. (laughs) This bell is a wonderful symbol of the spirit of Christmas. As am I. <laughs> Just remember, the true spirit of Christmas lies in your heart. Uh, Paul Giamatti and Fred Claus. Yeah. Uh, not the best movie in the world. <laughs> Vince Vaughn plays Santa's stoner brother Fred and Japes occur. <sighs> Mom was right about you. Don't save it, Nick. Maybe you should look at your own self for a change. Oh? You just keep stuffing your face with gingerbread. Bad boy. Uh, Douglas Seal is great in uh, Ernest Saves Christmas, um, the third film in the Ernest cinematic universe. Uh, chronicles Ernest's attempt to uh, help re- find a replacement for an aging Santa Claus. Uh, he was a British actor who also voiced the Sultan in Aladdin. Oh, wow. Uh, it's probably his biggest role until his death in 1999. Oh. Yeah. You see, I took over the position of Santa Claus in 1889 from a German chap. I enjoyed every second of it. Then how come you don't want to be... Santa Claus anymore. No, no, it, it, it isn't that, you see. With the passing of time, the magic fades. I've got some jumper cables in the back if you need recharging. <laughs> uh, Trey Parker's Santa in South Park, downright hero, often comes to save the boys, including one time where he and Jesus teamed up to take down terrorists in Iraq. Nice. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't let him live. He shocked Santa's balls. Uh, Nick Frost and Doctor Who. So explain that one to a noob like me. Uh, so I don't know. It's sense. been a while since I've seen the episode last Christmas. Um, but essentially, there are like it's a bit like Alien meets Inception yeah. at Christmas. 
So there are these like face hugger aliens that send you into like a dream world. Yeah. And so the doctor meets Santa, but then it's like, ah, but Santa's not really real. And then Nick Frost is like, doctor, you need to wake up. So Nick Frost is playing Santa, yeah. but he's sort of a figment of the Doctor's imagination, and all the right. way through. And it, but then it's like, oh, but are you still in the dream? A bit like Inception oh, okay. or Existence. And then, and then at the end, it's like, okay, we we're back in the real world. But then there's like a little uh, orange left behind in Clara's flat, which sort of implies that oh, maybe Santa is real after all. Because basically, if you put in Doctor Who out on Christmas Day, you can't have an episode where the moral of the story yeah. is Santa is not real. So you have to leave some, some amb- 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 ambiguity yeah. there. It's very much the orange is very much the uh, the spinning top okay. uh, of 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 uh, last yeah. Christmas. I mean, Christmas. Are you Santa Claus? Me? No. Oh no. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, a couple of imposter Santas to mention as well. Uh, one of my favourite scenes in Home Alone is where Kevin meets that department store Santa, played mm. by Ken Hudson Campbell, and uh, it's just really sort of moving. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, if you make it quick, Santa's got a little get-together he's late for. Okay. I know you're not the real Santa Claus. What makes you say that? Just out of curiosity. I'm old enough to know how it works. All right. But I also know that you work for him. I'd like you to give him a message. Shoot. I'm Kevin McAllister, 671 Lincoln Boulevard. Do you need the phone number? That's right. Okay, this is extremely important. Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. No toys, nothing but Peter, Kate, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff. And my aunt and my cousins. And if he has time, my Uncle Frank. Okay? Okay. See what I can do. Thanks. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton was great in Bad Santa. Yeah, not so much in Bad Santa too. Nah, but... maybe maybe don't uh, think about the sequel. Don't overextend the franchise. Like fourteen years later, whatever it was. Santa. Yeah. You're bringing my present early. No. But I never told you what I wanted. I said I didn't bring it, dipshit. Okay, good. I want a stuffed elephant, a pink one. Well, wish in one hand, ship in the other one, see which one fills up first. And uh, I always like Jeff Gillen's brief appearance in A Christmas Story. is always a joy. What do you want for Christmas, little boy? <sighs> My mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. I was blowing it, blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice uh, football? 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 What's a football? <laughs> With unconscious will, my voice squeaked out. Football? Okay, get him out of here. A football? Oh no! Okay, what was I doing? Wake up, is. stupid! Wake up! No! No, no, I want an official red out of carbon. I should do want to get rid of my leg rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Used to hate getting the Santa's crossbows. Yeah? Yeah, just a bit weird when you think about it. Sitting on an old man's knee. Yeah. I always came away from it feeling a little bit. Feels like something that might be sad. Feels like something that might be phased out. Yeah. Does it still happen now? <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't feel like something that might eventually be phased out. Yeah. And you thought, why is Santa here in Dorset, of all places? You've got better things to be doing. Anyway, um, so let's start with you. All right. What have you got up for us first? Put my champers down. Yeah. Let me take you back to 1994. Forrest Gump and Four Weddings topped the box office. 
Ready Steady Cook, Time Team and Space Precinct were lighting up the small screen. Wigfield, Boys to Men and Pato Banton were taking the charts by storm. Yes, they were. And it was still okay to like Tim Allen. <laughs> so, so stand-up comic Tim Allen, real name, honestly, Tim Dick. What? Yeah, you see why he changed that? Oh, yeah. He had, why, why, why did he go for Allen? <laughs> it's like, what's well, better than Dick? Everything is better than Dick. Everything is better than Dick. Yeah, he had become a household name after the success of his US sitcom, Home Improvement. Uh, he played Tim the Tool Man Taylor who was a power tool loving man's man and TV host sort of a yank Jeremy Clarkson now John Pasquin here directed many episodes of the show and between its second and third seasons he and Alan collaborated on another project The Santa Claus with an E with an E on Claus it's a pun so uh, before Pasquin was attached, apparently Steven Spielberg, Joe Dante, of course, directed uh, Gremlins, a yeah, great Christmas film. Yeah. Richard Donner, Ivan Reitman, John Hughes. We'll come back to him, and Joel Schumacher were considered uh, to direct the film, uh, but Pasquin, I guess, was cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, written, the Santa Claus, by Leo Benvenuti and Steve Rudnick, this uh, scripting team, who also wrote Space Jam. Oh. So, like, they were shit hot in the 90s, <laughs> and then, as far as I can tell, I've done, like, nothing really of note since. But killing it in the 90s, absolutely killing it. Santa Claus and Space Jam. I love Space Jam. Oh, oh. You all yeah. ready for this? Great. So, uh, <laughs> the role, the lead role of Scott Calvin slash Santa Claus, apparently was written with Bill Murray in mind. Yeah, you can imagine that. Mm. Yeah. But after reading the script and being off the lead role, Murray declined. He said he didn't think it suited his style of humour. He'd already done Scrooge as well. Already so. done Scrooge. Yeah. Is Groundhog Day a Christmas movie? I like to watch it around Christmas. It's very sort of wintry, isn't yeah. it? It's very wintry. Yeah, I mean, it's set, set in like February. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get onto this. So, apparently... Oh, right. I'm going to raise this now. IMDb trivia pages, they always have these lists, don't they, of people who are apparently considered for, yeah. for roles. Arnie, Bruce, Stallone. Yeah. Maybe not in this case. But, <laughs> Maybe yeah. not in this case, but yeah. no, you're not far off. Yeah. Now, Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> Bill Murray, other Saturday Night Live people. These, these are the names that were apparently considered for the role of Scott Calvin in the Santa Claus. Okay. So, pinch of salt. But Chevy Chase, yeah. Mel Gibson, right. Jeff Bridges, Michael Keaton, Michael J. Fox, yeah. Jim Carrey, Alec Baldwin... Robin Williams, Patrick Swayze, Harrison Ford. Nah. I'm, I'm Santa Claus. You need to get off my sleigh. Uh, Richard Gere. This is just actors from the 80s. Tom Hanks. It's not just actors from the 80s because Steve Gutenberg is also on this list. Hanks, Cruz. Um, Slow down. Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson? And... Rip Mail? No, and... Pierce Brosnan. Ah, Santa Claus! I just killed Santa! <laughs> no, apparently, funnily enough you say Hanks, Tom Hanks, who is later <laughs> Alan's Toy Story co-star, yeah, yeah. was apparently also, yeah. also considered, yeah. as was uh, Kurt Russell, oh. currently starring as Santa yeah. in uh, The Christmas Chronicles <laughs> yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. So, all comes back again. Got yeah. there in the end. Got yeah. there in the end. But, in the end, in his first lead film role, Tim Allen played divorced dad Scott Calvin, who has custody of his son Charlie, played by Eric Lloyd, on Christmas Eve. After he accidentally causes the death of a man he in kills, a Santa suit... He kills him. He kills him. Uh, both 
Scott and Charlie are magically transported to the North Pole, where an elf explains that Scott must take Santa's place before the next Christmas arrives, or... You know, so they had they nightmare. had a, they had a thing in place where if if you were sort of nearby when Santa died, you'd just get transported, and your son if he's like, next to you, he'll get transported. It was like you did this, mate. Yeah. You gotta you gotta take yeah. responsibility. So if it was a, if it was like a guy like a homeless man who had a gun and he shot him, would that guy have been transported? Right. It is funny you say that actually, because that'd be hilarious. Because while appearing recently on the Tonight Show uh, with Jimmy Fallon. Tim Allen explained that he was originally supposed to shoot and kill Santa in the original pitch of, of the Santa Claus. Uh, so in one of the least festive moments ever envisioned, apparently this warped version of the Santa Claus would have started out with a child telling Alan's character, you just killed Santa, and Alan's character said, he shouldn't have been on the roof when he wasn't invited. <laughs> Tim Allen said, I was laughing so hard, but the head of Disney at the time said, we can't start a movie like that. So they, uh, they tweaked it. They tweaked oh, yeah. it. So anyway, Scott gets transported to the North Pole. He, he then is convinced he dreamt the whole thing. But over the next several months, he gains a lot of weight and grows an inexplicably white beard. <laughs> maybe that night at the North Pole wasn't a dream after all. And maybe Scott has a lot of work to do. And he's about to find out that being sadder is harder than it looks. But what if it was a woman that killed him? Would she just start growing a beard? She becomes Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Mrs. Claus. It was the night before Christmas, and children were dreaming of the presents Santa would bring. Somebody's on the roof. But this Christmas Eve... Hey, you! The unthinkable happened. You killed him! Did not. Now, this night... If something should happen to me, put on my suit, the reindeer will know what to do. It's up to them... Let's go! ...to save the day. Together, Scott Kelvin and his son Charlie take on the biggest job in the world. Looking good, Dad. And though it has its dangers, nice teeth. He thought it was just for one night. You're the new Santa. I am not Santa Claus. Ah, you put on the suit. You're the big guy. What if I don't buy into this Santa Claus thing? Then there would be millions of disappointed children around the world. He doesn't want the job. It was a dream. But it's growing on him. I've gained 45 pounds in a week. Now he's getting into the spirit. Ah! You're alive. Keeps that belief in you. I want some ballet slippers. And getting ready for the biggest night of his life. How could I have done this without you, Charlie? You couldn't. Walt Disney presents a timeless tale that will warm your heart. I love you, son. I love you, son. Lift your spirits and make you believe. You really are Santa Claus. Pretty cool, huh? Share the merriment and the magic. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Tim Allen. Santa. The Santa Claus. Playing Bernard the Elf there was uh, <laughs> David Crumholtz. <laughs> Off of uh, Numbers fame. Off Numbers fame. For all you Numbers fans out there. Yeah. Yeah. He was also in the Harold and Kumar film trilogy. Was, which the third one is a Christmas it's movie. It's a great Christmas film, actually. A great Christmas film. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So apparently Tim Allen was miserable. <laughs> Santa Claus. I feel like all Tim Allen films I've seen, like I love Galaxy Quest. I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like Never give up. Yeah. Never stop. I feel like whilst you're watching it you can see Tim Allen going, I can't be asked, guys. He's doing his best, but he just can't be asked. Well apparently the Santa Claus was shot in the summer in yeah, a non air conditioned building. That's never good. Uh, when he was in full costume with the fat suit, the facial prosthetics, <laughs> the beard and the Santa suit, <laughs> Alan was so hot he had to take frequent breaks to cool off. I had a horrible time. And when he got too warm, 
he would occasionally forget about the children who were playing elves and just swear, just just turn the air blue, just start cursing. <laughs> Speaking of a negative influence that this film may have had on children, uh, towards the beginning of the Santa Claus, there's a brief exchange between Scott and his ex-wife Laura, uh, where Laura hands Scott a piece of paper with her new sort of boyfriend Neil's uh, mother's phone number on it, right. and Scott then says, "One eight hundred spank me. I know that number." In the United States, the exchange was removed from the 1999 DVD release, as well as the 2002 special edition DVD and VHS releases, and the 2012 Blu-ray release, after a 1996 incident in which a child called the number 1-800-SPANK-ME, which turned out to be an actual working sex line number. Oh, dear. And he ranked up a $400 phone bill. <laughs> what, he just stayed on the line? Stayed on for a little while. Like, wow, this is better than I could imagine. imagine. Dirty kid. <laughs> <laughs> on television airings, the phone number is changed to 1-800-POUND, which I guess is not a real sex yeah. line number. Yeah. Dial it, let us know. Yeah, give it a go. <laughs> uh, but the line apparently remains intact on the 1995 VHS release. So if you still got the 1995 VHS release of the Santa Claus... What can I say? You're going to end up. Uh, your children are going to end up warped. <laughs> if, uh, warped. If you're calling up for genuine sex chat, then press one. If you're calling up because you just watched the Santa Claus, <laughs> then Hang press up. one. <laughs> so the Santa Claus grossed over 144 million dollars in the United States and Canada, and over 189 million dollars worldwide, making it a box office hit. Yeah. Uh, for one week in November 1994, Tim Allen had the number one movie at the box office. Santa yeah. Claus. The number one rated television show, Home Improvement, and the number one New York Times best-selling book called Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man. What? That one hasn't really stood the test of time. No, what's that? What's that about? I have no idea. Dear casual homophobia back in the 90s. (laughs) So the film was followed by uh, two sequels. Yeah. Santa Claus 2 in 2002 long time after. Yeah, but surely at this point it doesn't really make any sense because you've lost the charm because he's just now Santa. Unless he gets killed. Well, no. So in the second film, Scott Calvin has been in the role of Santa for the past eight years. Yeah. Uh, apparently elves, they're like, you are one of the best Santas ever. <laughs> We're loving you, Scott. But his world is turned upside down when he's dealt a double whammy of news. Oh, no. Not only has his son Charlie, still played by Eric Lloyd, actually, oh. landed on this year's naughty list, but Scott discovers that he must marry by Christmas Eve just a month away or he'll stop being Santa forever. Why? I don't know, it's just the rules. But surely he's like, oh good, I don't want to be Santa. No, but by this point he's loving being Santa. It's eight oh, years, he's eight, it's eight years on, he's got into it now. And, like, and the elves are constantly like, Crumholtz and co. Yeah. are like, you're the best Santa. Mate, honestly, you are really good. And he's loving it. But who, who came up with that rule? Why? Why is that going to be a thing? Why is there a rule that whoever's in close proximity to Santa must immediately become the new Santa when the old Santa dies? There are a lot of silly rules in the Santa Claus franchise. <laughs> don't question the don't Santa qu- laws. Don't question the Santa, Santa Claus law. franchise. Don't question the Santa laws. The Santa laws of Santa Claus. Don't question it. Anyway, four years later, <laughs> there was Santa Claus 3. <laughs> so he married, I assume. I guess so. <laughs> I haven't seen the sequel. This is this, No one has. No one has. This is the escape clause, anyway. Oh, okay. In, in 2006. So he's had enough now. He's had enough. Yeah, so uh, Christmas cheer, apparently, turns into holiday chaos when Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Santa... He invites his in-laws, uh, played by Anne Margaret and Ellen Arkin, yeah. for a visit, and he must simultaneously contend with Jack Frost, played by Martin Short's, scheme to take over the North Pole. Alright. In comparison to the original, the second film received mixed reviews, <laughs> while the latter was panned by most critics. Oh, I'm not surprised. But I am, I am surprised, right, that this has not become like a freaky franchise. Yeah. And never a spin-off yeah. featuring... Yeah, it was just those three films. Yeah, just those three yeah. films. Never a spin-off featuring David Cromholtz. Yeah. Never... Eric Lloyd. Never like a straight DVD sequel yeah. from about sort of like 2013 starring like 
Or just a new person taking over That's, the world. Exactly, yeah. you're like, oh. Yeah, like Home Alone. Who's the new Santa Claus? Rob Riggle. Yeah. Or, oh, who's the new one? Patrick Warburton. And he's like, ah, oh, become. I'm Santa. I'm Santa. Just seems like looking like a natural yeah. thing. Coming yeah. soon to streaming, <laughs> Patrick Warburton is the new Santa Claus. Just seems like a Hollywood bargain basement B list yeah. producers. If you're listening, yeah. Yeah. make it happen. It's, I mean, it, it's an easy win. It's an easy win. Yeah. So that's that. All right. Well, yeah. Back to you. It's one of those films, Santa Claus, isn't it? Where it's like mm. you have a good time when you're watching it. Great fun. Great romp. Anyway, for me, the first one I've got. Yeah. Santa Claus the movie. Definitive. Yeah. Uh, starring David Huddleston as Santa Claus. It's one of the cheesiest movies ever made, and it's one of those ones where I sort of loved it as a kid. It hasn't aged well. It hasn't. <laughs> but like I, so much we talk about on but, this podcast. But I still have a huge soft spot soft spot for it it's mm. one of those things where for whatever reason it's become a weird tradition where when I come when I get home for Christmas and I haven't wrapped up my presents I wrap it up to Santa Claus movie right I don't know why it's just everyone has their weird little yeah, tradition yeah my little tradition um, but I just love that they called it Santa Claus the movie yeah there's like no messing yeah even yeah. it's not it's not really about Santa not really no, it's about it? Dudley Moore isn't it yeah. yeah but anyway so it's a straightforward attempt to explore the mysteries of Santa Claus with the key objective being to answer some of the basic questions many children have about the Santa mythos, mm. such as uh, how his reindeer fly, how he and his wife made it to the North Pole, how he ascends chimneys, among other things. Sorry, I just clocked that you said how his reindeer fly, <laughs> but you said how his reindeer fly. <laughs> I've got questions. Yeah? How is reindeer flying? How is, how, how is that I'm happening? That Give it a couple of minutes. Um, the film chronicles the origins of Santa who along with his wife Anya played by Judy Cornwell of Keeping Up Appearances fame Oslo's wife do you remember that? yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Judy Cornwell uh, <laughs> goes from being a simple because he, he, he is just a bloke he's like um, Tim Allen like Scott Calvin yeah he goes he's from a, a simple working man who becomes the international icon of Christmas so he sort of arrives at this place and then all these elves turn up and are like we've been waiting for you mate it's like what? Yeah, it's, it's, you've got to do it now. All right. All right. I love this is a little subgenre. Yeah, just yeah, everyday yeah. Joes who become Santa Claus. But at the same time, the film also tells a contemporary story at the time, uh, in which one of Santa's elves, played by Dudley Moore, a visionary, <laughs> says here, named Patch, sets out to employ Santa's toy-making methods on his own in the real world, as it were, unaware that he might be ruining the magic of Christmas, thanks to the evil machinations by the brilliant John Lithgow who is just brilliant oh, he's so good so good John Lithgow good in everything yeah good this, in is, everything. this is one of his like, first like lead roles as it were I met John Lithgow once as well yeah lovely oh, lovely good. he could have been like one of his grumpy Americans yeah but no <laughs> Lithgow delivers on all fronts good prophecy has come to pass that there would come to us a chosen one and that he himself would be an artist and a skilled maker of toys. From this day on, now and forever, you will bring our gifts to all the children in all the world. This is your legacy and your gift, as is the gift of flight. It's them! <laughs> Every year, the magic happens again. It certainly should be. <laughs> Until now. What are you? I'm an elf. An elf? Yes. You mean like 
A fairy? I mean, I'm talking modern methods of production here. I'm talking assembly line. I'm talking way for the future. Now someone wants to take the magic out of Christmas. We say, bigger, better. It's going to cost you. Cost? Cost who? Uh, the people who, who buy the toy. Well, nothing. We're going to give them away free. For free? Well, that's how we do it at the North Pole. Well, that's not how we do it here. Santa Claus is finished. I just wanted him to see what a good assistant I could be. Only one man can stop him. Only one man can help us. And he's coming to take you for a sleigh ride in the stars. <laughs> Alexander Salkine yes! presents... <laughs> Dudley Moore... and John Lithgow. The legend comes to life for the very first time. With all the magic... All the adventure, all the wonder. Santa Claus, the movie. Seeing is believing. An Alexander and Ilya Salkind production. Oh, yeah. Uh, just there's that bit in the middle of that where it was like, there's only one man. Mm. Who could save him? The person in mind of the trailer for G.I. <laughs> Joe Retaliation. Which we've mentioned before several times. <laughs> Bruce Willis turns up. There's only one man. <laughs> just on the back of a fucking truck. Just dying. And it's The Rock. And when The Rock says, yeah. there's only one man we can turn to at this time. And then it's Bruce firing a machine gun at the back of a truck. Now imagining Bruce as he is now. Grumpy Bruce. <laughs> Dishevelled. With a, with a Santa's hat on. Just going. Yeah. <sighs> Have you seen like the poster for Glass? Mm. And he's on the poster, mm. but looking like he does, like Grumpy Bruce, just going, I guess I'll turn up and get a paycheck. You already know he's not going to put in the work. Yeah. There's a lot of Lithgo in that trailer, oh, as we said. So and they, they know they've got something good with Lithgo. Like, yeah. Right, we've got to put every single scene of Lithgo that we have in this trailer. For free! It's very much the modern equivalent of when Oliver asked for more in the... More? For free? <laughs> for free? <laughs> The film was a financial failure and really? received mostly negative reviews Aww. from the critics at the time of release. Despite this, the movie has earned a small cult following mm. uh, and has become one of the most watched Christmas movies of all time. It's on every year. Yeah. It's always on. Yeah. Uh, conceived by Ilya Salkin. Salkind? Salkind? Salkind, Salkind. Uh, they did Superman. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, in the wake of apparently waning critical and US box office success of Superman 3 and its immediate follow-up, Supergirl, Mm. Uh, Claus, <laughs> Mostly Supergirl. Superman 3 has its strengths. Supergirl, not so much. Santa Claus, the movie, was directed by uh, Gino Swark. <laughs> Gino Swark. You've had a stab in the dark there. Uh, he's a f- Go for it. French filmmaker. Commit. Who had directed Supergirl. Uh, he also directed Somewhere in Time and Jaws 2 uh, from a story by David and Leslie Newman. John Carpenter was originally offered the chance to direct the film. Terrifying. But also wanted to say in the writing, musical score, and final cut of the movie. Uh, Guy Hamilton, who had to withdraw, he had to withdraw from directing Superman the movie in '76 because he was a tax exile and, as such, could only spend 30 days in England when the mo- where the movie would be filming. Uh, he was very interested in directing this um, and really wanted to do it, but only on the condition that the film was shot in Los Angeles, Vancouver, or Rome. Guy- <laughs> so he, was like, he really wanted to do it, but I can't go in England, so I can't, I can't do it. This Guy Hamilton of James Bond fame. So. He directed Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. Tax exile. There you go. Some of the best directors are. <laughs> John McTiernan. You like uh, casting choices, don't you? Oh, I love them, mate. So, uh, Brian Dennehy was the top choice uh, of John Carpenter. Not fucking Brian Dennehy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Carpenter wanted Brian Dennehy, um, but uh, Swark, 
felt that he needed an actor with more warmth than Dennehy. This is for Santa, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he had screen-tested te- screen actors such as Bewitched David White. Remember Bewitched from the 60s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But being in his late 60s at the time, he was considered too old, even though it's Santa. Uh, <laughs> You're too old to... <laughs> right, we need someone to play this fat old bearded, yeah. grey-haired guy. Too old, mate. You're too, too old. old. Uh, Dudley Moore's Arthur co-star Barney Martin was also considered. Uh, for a while, Archie Bunker star Carol O'Connor, you know, the uh, American equivalent of um, Alf Garnett. Yeah. He was up for it. Uh, but Swark <laughs> showed Salkind uh, David Hulston's screen test and was up for it. So David Hulston, he is great in it. He's all like cuddly and warm. Yeah. Um, but you can tell, you know, he can be stern and serious if he needs to be. And he's, he's exactly what I sort of imagined Father Christmas to be as a kid. So David Hudson was uh, primarily a character actor. He starred in many TV series in the 60s and 70s. Had a memorable part in uh, Blazing Saddles, which was always a favourite of mine. He also had a great career later in his life and was indeed the Big Lebowski himself. He was he... the Big Lebowski. Oh, I, he's that guy. Yeah. He's in Oh Brother War at that. Yeah, yeah. He's had parts in The West Wing, Star Trek, TNG, The Wonder Years, Gilmore Girls, Always Sunny, all sorts. No, he is now. Yeah. Un- yeah. Unrecognisable as Santa. Yeah. 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 Well, he normally plays, I've seen him in like, yeah, Big Lebowski and, and Oh Brother Wild Hour, and he plays dickheads. Yeah. So he's great in that. Yeah. Uh, he passed away, sadly, age 85 yeah. in 2016. Yeah, relatively recently. Which is, yeah, recently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember old old in that. I remember that dude, <laughs> that dude dying from <laughs> Big Lebowski, and I was like, oh, that's sad, but. Oh. Yeah. There we go. That's, that's it that's a Santa Claus move for you alright well I enjoyed that thank you very much that's alright what, um, well, what I've got next is going to knock your socks off it's going to oh. knock your stockings off oh, right. I've got um, the original yeah. Miracle on 34th Street uh, first one from 1947 yeah. Yeah. starring Edmund Gwen <laughs> my boy Gwen my boy Edmund Gwen yeah. uh, this was the film was initially released as The Big Heart in yeah. the United Kingdom it was really? written and directed by George Seaton and based on a story by Valentine Davis. Apparently Davis got the idea for the script while struggling through the Christmas shopping crowds trying to find a present for his wife. <laughs> the, uh, oh, I'm sick of this. It's like Jingle All The Way starring Arnie. <laughs> Apparently the commercialism of Christmas. Uh, he, he, he saw that and it made him wonder what the real Santa Claus would make of it all. Yeah. He was like going, what would Santa I, make of this? I bet you find it bloody ludicrous. Yeah. So in this Christmas classic, an old man going by the name of Chris Kringle, played by Edmund Gwen. Mm. Uh, fills in for an intoxicated Santa in Macy's annual Thanksgiving Day Parade. Kringle proves to be such a hit that he is soon appearing regularly at the chain's main store in Midtown Manhattan. But when Kringle surprises customers and employees alike by claiming that he really is Santa Claus, he's like, I'm the real deal. Like, what? Yeah. It leads to a court case to determine his mental health and, more importantly, his authenticity. Oh, I love a court case. What I'm trying to explain to you is, come in... They said you wanted to see me, Mrs. Walker. Come right in. Hello there. Good to see you again. It's nice to see you. You're awfully lucky, Mrs. Walker. Lovely little girl you have here. Thank you. And Susan's the reason I asked you to drop down. She's a little confused, and I thought maybe you could help to straighten her out. I'd be glad to. Would you please tell her that you're not really Santa Claus? That there actually is no such person? Well, I'm sorry to disagree with you, Mrs. Walker, but not only is there such a person, but here I am to prove it. No, no, no. You misunderstand. I want you to tell her the truth. Uh, What's your name? Chris Kringle. I'll bet you're in the first grade. Second. I mean your real name. That is my real name. Second grade? It's a progressive school. Oh, it's a progressive school. May I have this gentleman's employment card, please? Yes, Mrs. Walker. This dress is very cute. Where did you get such a lovely outfit? Here at Macy's. We get 10% off. 
please don't feel that you have to keep pretending for Susan's benefit. She's a very intelligent child and always wants to know the absolute truth. Good, because I always tell the So according to Natalie Wood's biographer, uh, during the shoot, the eight-year-old actress who played Susan Walker in the film, you heard her there, she was convinced that Edmund Gwen was actually Santa Claus. <laughs> He's that good. <laughs> By all accounts, uh, Gwen was a very good-natured man on set. Just a great good, guy. Good. Like a nice enough guy that everyone thought she yeah. thought he was Santa. And it wasn't until Wood saw him out of costume at the rap party that she realised he wasn't, he wasn't Santa. <laughs> I quite like that. Ruined everything. <laughs> it did, yeah. But it's nice. It's like it almost played out in real yeah. life as well. Speaking about Gwen, uh, Robert Hyatt, who played the judge's son, Tommy mm. Jr., he said in 2001... He was a really nice guy, always happy, always smiling. He had that little twinkle in his eye. And uh, Maureen O'Hara, who played Doris Walker in the film, she said, By the time we were halfway through the shoot, we all believed Edmund really was Santa Claus. I've never seen an actor more naturally suited for a role. Just great guy. And I was like, he just he basically is Santa. Was this what he was best known for? Did he do much else? Or was this like... He was... It was what he was best known for. Um, he was in four Hitchcock movies. Oh. But none of the real sort of well-known classics um, but Miracle on 34th Street actually won three Oscars wow. so Gwen he won best actor in a supporting role surely the first and only actor to win an Oscar for playing we'll get, we will we will get on to that <laughs> so Valentin Davies also won for best writing uh, original story George Seaton won for best writing a screenplay and the film was also nominated for best picture yeah. but lost out to a film called Gentleman's Agreement which in fairness was about a journalistic expose of anti-semitism so it was always going to win an Oscar yeah um, didn't sound a <laughs> Apparently when uh, Edmund Gwen accepted his Best Supporting Actor Oscar, he said, now I know there's a Santa Claus. Great guy. Great guy, Gwen. So as you say, you know, it's pretty unusual that a Christmas movie of any sort we nominated for an Oscar. But unusually, there were two Christmas films nominated for Best Film at the 1947 Academy (laughs) Awards. So this film and Henry Coster's The Bishop's Wife. Oh. Yeah. From 1947 as well. Uh, They join It's a Wonderful Life from the previous year, 1946. As the only three Christmas, the only three Christmas movies ever to be nominated for uh, Best Picture. That is weird. Yeah. So yeah. there was like a rush of them in the forties, <laughs> and then they were like, nah. Elf didn't make the cut. Elf didn't. Oh, people love Elf. Yeah. It would. It would probably be nominated for the uh, popular movie yeah. Oscar <laughs> if that ever happens. Yeah. So, despite the film's success, 20th Century Fox studio head Daryl F. Zanuck was initially very much against making the film. He thought it was too corny to succeed. So, although the film is set during the Christmas season, uh, Zanuck insisted that it be released in May. Oh, what? Why? Arguing that more people go to the movies in warmer weather. (sighs) So, the studio rushed to promote the film while keeping its Christmas setting a secret. (sighs) So, its original title was Christmas Miracle on 34th Street, which if you think about it makes makes more sense. But because the release date was moved to the summer, the Christmas from the title was dropped. Uh, the movie posters, apparently uh, Edmund Gwen's character was Chris Kringle, which is sort of in the background, so they put the family at the front, they're like, it's just a family movie, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Oh what, dear. What's that in the back? Santa? No, 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 don't worry about it. It's just, it's just but it looks like Santa movie. though. No, no, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Okay. Um, and then the trailer, best of all, does its absolute best to hide <laughs> what the movie is actually about. Okay. That won't work, it's no good. What do you make a trailer for? To give the public an idea of what kind of a picture to expect. The boss, we hilarious, romantic, tender, exciting. Make up your minds. It can't be all of those things. Mr. Shape, if you'd look at the picture. I don't have to look at the picture. I know you're wrong. Tender, exciting. Why, they're practically opposites. You've got to decide what kind of a picture this is. Is it a romantic love story? Is it an exciting thriller? Is it a hilarious comedy? Make up your minds. Now go to work and fix it up. 
How are you? Ed, how are you? Good to see you. How's the ghost of Mrs. Muir? It's pretty good, I think. How's New York? Fine. Say, Rex, have you seen Miracle on 34th Street? Yes, or the preview. I never heard laughs like it in the theater before. Oh, is that right? Uh, don't miss it. I was crazy about it. You really think we've got something, huh? I don't know whether the women will like it, but it's a great man's picture. Well, it's nice to see you, Ed. Got to get back to work. Yeah. See you later. Oh, I'm so... Oh. Ann Baxter, Hello, good to see Ed. you. How are you? I haven't seen you since the Academy Awards. Congratulations on winning that Oscar. Thanks, Ed, very much. Oh, well, say, Ann. Yeah? Have you seen Miracle on 34th Street? Have I? Ed, it's wonderful. Yeah, I understand. It's a pretty good comedy. Comedy? Well, I suppose that's true. I had a million laughs, but... The thing that got me with, with the tears in between. It's so tender and charming and warm. I don't know how the men are going to like it. It's a great woman's picture. Is that so? Oh, there's one scene between John Payne and Maureen O'Hara. But he's trying to prove... No, I'm not going to spoil it for you. You go and see it. I quite like that, though. They actually sort of made a, made a virtue yeah. of the fact that they can't say what the movie's about. So they've got this... Fake like a Don studio Draper executive, character. Like a Don Draper character, this fake studio executive played by an actor walking around the studio lot going, Hey, Rex Harrison from Dr. Doolittle, have you seen Miracle on 34th Street? He's like, Yes, yes, I sound like Stewie from Family Guy, and I think it's a great man's picture. <laughs> Women will hate it. <laughs> but then Anne Baxter, <laughs> the opposite, she's like, It's, a, it's, a, it's ladies will love it. Yeah. Yeah, uh. It's sort of clever, but it's just bizarre. And also, I didn't yeah. know the word trailer existed back then. There you go. Learn something new. Every day is a school day. But people say Die Hard is not a Christmas movie because it came out in February. Yeah. Still the winter months. Yeah. This came out in June. Yeah, that's... No one's going, no one's going, Miracle on 34th Street, not a Christmas movie, came out in June. That is weird. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah. A tangent, but an important one. Bruce says not, though. Yeah, but... Bruce doesn't know what's going on. Fuck Bruce. (laughs) I'm going to say it. (laughs) Miracle on 34th Street was remade... uh, Several times actually, it was remade for radio. Was it? Uh, yeah. yeah, they did a theatre version, and it was actually there's three different versions, um, television versions. It was remade yeah. several times for the small screen, yeah. but its most famous remake was of course a second film version. Yeah, which brings me on to my third Santa of choice <laughs> that I'm gonna yeah. offer up to you, yeah. which is of course yeah. Richard Attenborough yeah. in the second Miracle on 34th Street from 1994. It's pretty good. They say that seeing is believing (laughs) but the truth is the world is held together by things you can't see there really has to be something you want for christmas a house a brother and a dad that's all i ever want if you're really santa claus you can get it for me right if if you can't accept anything faith then you're doomed for a life dominated by doubt if i could make you believe then there'd be some hope for me. I can't. Well, I'm finished. I want this man declared insane. This is about a man who has had something very wrong done to him. I want you to help him. Together, we're going to prove that there is a Santa Claus and that you're him. I'm ready, Garrison. Do you believe that you are Santa Claus? Yes, of course. I'd like the court to see Mr. Kringle make the reindeer fly. He only flies on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Coles believes in Santa Claus. Do you believe in Santa Claus? If this court finds that Mr. Kringle is not who he says he is, then I would ask the court to judge which is worse, a lie 
that draws a smile. I knew it. Or a truth that draws a tear. This season, 20th Century Fox, Richard Attenborough, Elizabeth Perkins, Dylan McDermott, and Mrs. Doubtfire's Mara Wilson present you with the most precious gift of all. Something to believe in. Miracle on 34th Street. Directed by Les Mayfield. Let's go see Richard Attenborough in another role. So Richard Attenborough, yeah. I actually have an anecdote about Richard Attenborough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Richard Attenborough was uh, the Chancellor at Sussex University where I mm. studied, attended. And so when you graduate, you get to you know, you get your you get to meet yeah. the Chancellor and they give you your, your degree. Yeah. And uh, when I graduated, I knew it was special because this was this was uh, uh, about six years, I think, before he sadly passed away. Yeah. But it was his final year as chancellor. Oh. We knew he was retiring, so it was a big deal. It was like, yeah. his final year as chancellor, and your, your chancellor is Richard. Fucking hell, yeah. Yeah. amazing. Do you know who the chancellor is now? Right. Sanjeev Bhaskar. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I love Sanjeev. No, Sanjeev's great. I've got a lot of time for Sanjeev. He's no. He's not Richard Attenborough, no, though, yeah. is he? He's not Richard Attenborough. Like, <laughs> like, I had a lot of friends who were in the year below, and they were like. <laughs> <laughs> from Amber to Bas- <laughs> from Amber to Bascar, it is it is a downgrade. I'm sure Bascar himself would, would, would admit this. Yeah. Um, but you know, as, as university graduations go, mine was pretty top tier because not only was Attenborough the yeah. chancellor, Ben Kingsley was also there. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley, yeah. <laughs> as he would insist, he was picking up an honorary degree. So I mean, how many graduations have both the director and the star of Gandhi? Not many, I'd venture. I had. Colin Firth, pretty good. That's pretty good. And Alan Hitchmarsh. I mean, I've heard worse. Yeah. I've heard worse. Um, so it was great, you know, I had to, I had to um, you know, everyone was going up uh, one by one and, yeah. and, and picking up their degrees. Yeah. Uh, and you, you go walk up to the stage and, you know, they call your name and then you go up and you shake Richard Attenborough's hand yeah. and you see the degree. And I'd seen other people doing this and I was like, oh my God, it's going to be great. I'm going to meet Richard Attenborough. Yeah. They've got, you know, Jurassic Park, Miracle on 34th yeah. Street, <laughs> legend, Richard Attenborough one of the greatest actors and directors of all time yeah. oh my god yeah. and so I'm really excited and so they call my name and I go up on stage and uh, yeah I can see he's got my, my degree yeah. in his hand rolled up a bit of paper yeah. and I walk onto the stage and I go up and everyone applauds and I shake his hand yeah. and he goes congratulations Norman Norman? Norman why? well because they said Morgan Jeffrey oh. Morgan Jeffrey and he shook my hand and he said <laughs> Well, one time I ever met Richard Attenborough, the late great Richard Attenborough. <laughs> Congratulations, Norman. Congratulations, Norman. <laughs> Norman call Jeffrey. Me, call me Norman. Uh, no one's called Norman. No one's called Norman. I don't think anyone's been christened Norman for for centuries. He is quite old. He was quite old. Wisdom. <gasps> so yeah, that was my one one and only experience with Richard Attenborough. But it didn't it didn't throw me. I bent. Yeah, because imagine if you went. It's Morgan. <laughs> Dicky, it's it's actually Morgan. No, no, it didn't throw me. I immediately dashed over to Ben Kingsley, yeah. and uh, and and I was the first person to do this. People yeah. started copying me afterwards. Yeah. Rushed over to Ben Kingsley, shook his hand, said, ah. "Honour to meet you, sir. Yeah. Loved you in Thunderbirds," <laughs> and, uh, and, and moved on. That, 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 that last bit's not true, but the rest of the Dear story. Dear sexy beast. <laughs> the last of the story is one hundred percent true. One hundred percent true. Oh wow! Well, there you go. So anyway. Following pretty much the same plot as the original movie, uh, the remake of Miracle on 34th Street was written and produced by John Hughes, oh. uh, who, as we mentioned earlier, was considered to direct the Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, and it was directed by Les Mayfield. And the two would uh, later reunite 
to less success for 1997's Flubber. Ah, uh, do you know what? That was a follow-up. I went to the cinema to see Flubber with my mum. Because mm. I was, you know, cool like that. And we were the only people in the cinema. And it was the first time and only time mm. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to touch the fucking screen. So I wanted to know what it was like. <laughs> and Because honestly, it was a dream. Because I was like, well, no one gets to touch the screen because right. there's too many yeah. people around. Yeah. I finally did it. Yeah. Just like canvas and shit. Yeah, it's canvas. But it was, it was great. <laughs> I remember that to this day. Flubber. Oh, okay. Anywho. So anyway, this film stars Richard Attenborough as Chris Kringle, Mara Wilson, star of Mrs. Delphire. She had a and, great year. And Matilda. Yeah. Um, she plays Susan Walker in, the, in this film. Yeah. Also among the cast, brilliant cast. Yeah. Alison Janney yeah. as Brazen Woman Shopper. <laughs> uh, Dylan McDermott, looking yeah, great. He's great most, most famous, of course, for not being Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. Uh, Joss Ackland. I am Denomalous. He plays uh, the greedy Victor Landberg and playing his minions, Jane Leaves, yeah. Daphne from Frasier, yeah, yeah. and James Lamar, that guy. Are <laughs> you saying it? Jane, you all know James Lamar. Oh, that guy. Yeah. The, See? The, the sleazy one off everything. Dexter's dad and yeah. also Sex uh, and the City and... Raiden from Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure he's in Showgirls as well. Uh, apparently Jennifer Morrison played the teenage elf who assists Santa at Cole's department store. Oh. Yeah, early role for her. Miracle on 31st Street, the remake was not a box it not? hit. It was not a doll. Well, it came out the same year as Santa Claus. So it was obviously a... Exactly, yeah. Tom yeah. Eames. <laughs> it collapsed in the crowded 1994 really? holiday film slate. Oh, While the Santa Claus made a ton of money, yeah. Miracle on 34th Street did not. Oh. It was also a more divisive movie than the original. Oh. Rotten Tomatoes only gives the film an overall score of 59%. TV Guide said... This curiously depressing remake of Miracle on 34th Street epitomises contemporary Hollywood's inability to bring style and originality to the kind of family comedies it once produced with aplomb. Uh, I suppose... Ooh, get you. Aplomb. I suppose... Yeah, I, I get it's that initial hatred of you can't ruin the original. And, yeah. You know, but yeah. You can sympathise with that. Yeah. But they are both equally, I'd say, yeah. good for different reasons. Well, the Washington Post also said that they didn't think this new version would be repeated on television. Well, they actually said it will not be found on television, brackets, or it's computer equivalent <laughs> half a century from now. I like that from the Washington Post. Poor thing. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. However, Siskel and Ebert, the boys, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they gave it two thumbs up. Uh, and Ebert later said, there will never really be a movie to replace the 1947 Miracle on 34th Street, yeah. nor a performance to replace Edmund Gwen's, but this modern update is a sweet, gentle, good-hearted film that stays true to the spirit of the original. Now, even though contemporary reaction to the film was split I think like Edmund Gwen there is a bit of magic mm. to Attenborough's performance absolutely because like Gwen who was a great guy yeah. he had a sort of natural charm and yeah. geniality which is a big yeah. word for this time of night after yeah. a few drinks uh, no but it, it, it shines through and I think that's why uh, this film remains a favourite of a certain generation wow uh, she's deaf you don't have to talk to her she just wanted to see you You are a very beautiful young lady. <laughs> What's your name? Sammy. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> now, I tell you what. Do you know 
jingle bells. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Darling, what would you like for Christmas? A doll and a bear? Well, you shall have them, Sammy. I wish you a Merry Christmas. So in case you didn't entirely understand what was happening in that scene, yeah. uh, a little deaf girl sat on Chris Kringle's lap and he sort of signed yeah. his conversation to her. It's a very a, sweet scene. It was a two weeks first. Actually crying. I, I actually cried a little bit. I actually had to... I actually cried a little bit. It's really... One of the, honestly, one of the most moving, moving scenes in cinema history. That was, yeah. that was beautiful. I actually cried a little bit. I'm yeah. a little bit embarrassed. Yeah. Um, Don't be embarrassed. It's a, it's a Men cry too. Yeah, it's fine. It's a moving, it was a moving scene, all right? Yeah. I, yeah. I cried a little bit. So sue me. Yeah. Um, and it's because of Richard Attenborough. And, mm. oh. and yeah. apparently he actually learned sign language to do that scene. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the film, although it kind of divided critics at the time, yeah. it's been uh, appreciated yeah. more yeah. Uh, more recently. So the BBC film site uh, called Attenborough Superb in a 2000 review of the film. And uh, after his death, the Telegraph noted that Attenborough was famously avuncular and sweet-natured in yeah. real life, which along with his physical resemblance to St. Nick made him the perfect casting. Yeah. Uh, when he passed away in 2014, Mara Wilson tweeted, Sir Richard Attenborough was the only Santa Claus I ever believed in. May he rest in peace. Oh, oh, yeah. Come on. Anyway. What you got? Well, final choice. A bit of a rogue one. Yeah. More champagne? Yes, please. There you go. Thanks. Um, I've gone for Mel Smith. In Father Christmas, the animated TV movie. Have now, you ever seen it? No, but I do enjoy uh, Mel and Kim's Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Oh dear. That's a, that's a rogue choice, but I, yeah. that's, a, that's a Christmas musical yeah. favourite of mine. Yeah. Kim Wilde, that is. Not, not, because it was a parody of Mel and Kim, the, the, the 80s duo. Yeah. And it featured Griff Reese Jones in a cameo role in, <laughs> in, in the single. Uh, just, just so you know. If he did a movie's change, the camera roll is equal. The same. Rocking around the Christmas tree, have a happy holiday. You never did it with a pumpkin pie. Everyone's dancing merrily in the new blue old fashioned Merry Christmas, everybody! So, uh, Father Christmas is a 1991 animated short film based on two books written by Raymond Briggs, Father Christmas and Father Christmas Goes on Holiday, published back in 73 and 75. Is this part of the Snowman Cinematic Universe? Yes. Oh, actually it is. It is. It actually is. So it was first aired in the UK on Christmas Eve, 1991 on Channel 4, nine years after The Snowman, another animated Briggs adaptation produced for the same channel. So voiced by comedian Mel Smith, the title character physically resembles the vision of Father Christmas, as you will know. Not called Santa Claus and all that rubbish. Father Christmas. It's American, isn't it? Americanization. Yeah. But however, in a down-to-earth twist, he is depicted as a rather grumpy uh, individual. He's shown coping with everyday domestic chores and lives on his own in a small house in Britain. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Don't know what he's blooming well moaning about. 
Life of Riley. Bed of blooming roses. Wonder what he does with the other 364 days. Well, I'll let you into a big blooming secret. For a start, there's the reindeer to see to every day. Then there's the garden and me blooming veggie patch. Housework, shopping. In fact, last year I was so blooming fed up with it all, I decided to do something about it. So, as you already mentioned, mm. Father Christmas and Snowman take place in the same cinematic universe. Both were written by the same author, both TV shorts are made by similar production teams. Mm. And it's suggested that this film takes place a year or so after The Snowman. So, as Father Christmas jokes, because the, the boy appears with The Snowman mm. in Father Christmas and says... Crossover. Glad you can make it again. The party, I mean, not your snowman. Which ultimately gives The Snowman a happy ending. Because if you think about it, The Snowman ends with The Snowman sadly... Devastating. Yeah. But this takes place a year later and The Snowman's back. Yes, it comes back every year. Yeah. Yes. So... Without saying anything, it's it's, it's, essentially, it's essentially saying that everything's fine and happy and everything's fine. Hey. Yeah, the boy can also be seen wearing the scarf that Father Christmas gave him in the snowman. As you remember, in the snowman, it's Father Christmas. Yeah. So it's the same Father yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, there's also a poster of the snowman in one of the rooms when Father Christmas is delivering presents. In. Why is this not bigged up more? Because everyone's like, oh, snowman, tragic ending. No, don't no, worry, no, it all turns out all right. It's good. It's good. <laughs> there's a few other crossovers. If you're a Raymond Briggs fan. Uh, Ernest the Milkman from Ethel and Ernest if you like that nice. can be seen delivering milk to the royal family on Christmas morning in this film and Jim and Hilda Bloggs from When the Wind Blows the devastating what? but beautiful but devastating yeah. uh, Cold War film the thing uh, where they die of yeah. like, nuclear war yeah. yeah they are shown enjoying a drink in a Scottish pub despite seemingly dying from a nuclear holocaust <laughs> uh but, but I was thinking maybe this is like an afterlife prequel. where everything is always nice and Christmassy. So Snowman oh. comes back to life. Uh, Hilda and uh, and uh, Jim come back to life. Oh, maybe. maybe. This is no one's ever thought about the Briggs verse in this much <laughs> no. detail. But what I like about this version is that Mel Smith plays it brilliantly as like a grumpy Santa who mm. just wants a nice life mm. without anyone kind of knowing who he is and as he prepares prepares for the big night and he learns. But over the time, you know, over time he learns to appreciate it all in the end. You know, he's having a he just wants to have a holiday and just enjoy himself. But then when it comes to the big day, he's like, ugh, because I have to do it. But at the end of every year, he's like, ah, do you know what? That was. I, I, did, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Yeah. It's very much how I feel about this podcast. It's like, ugh, here goes another one. But I do enjoy it. I always enjoy it. That'll be another blooming awful tie from Auntie Edie. And here we have the usual ghastly blooming socks from Cousin Violet. But, ha <laughs> this will be. Like it, good old Uncle Bob. That's that for another blooming year. Oh, a happy blooming Christmas to you and all. Um, but as ever, America ruined it. Right. Obviously. Do they, uh, do they dub him? Yeah, well, a heavily sanitised American version was produced. Ah. The most notable change is that Father Christmas was revoiced by actor William Dennis Hunt, um, becoming much uh, jollier. And um, Jolly Santa? What are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, so all 75 instances of the word blooming were replaced with merry, which totally ruins the whole thing. It's not like he's swearing. No. Uh, scenes where Father Christmas gets drunk, overeats, dances with chorus girls and suffers a hangover were removed. Also cut were a few candid moments where he showed his builder's bum. I mean... So apparently America can't hack any of that. Can't hack a builder's bum. No. 
Sadly, no clips on YouTube of the American version, so I can't show you the difference. Tragic. Just, just know that it existed. I'd rather uh, not know. But there you go. So that's that's the Father Christmas. Oh, so I didn't know that right. existed. Yeah. yeah. So, right, so yeah, ranking you, there. Right, got to rank rank the Santas. Oh, is, oh, so only ranking the ones we've done. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've okay. already like pre-selected that these yeah. are the best Santas. So we've got five, haven't we? So we've top got five. Two we've already, on thirty-four streets. We've already pre-pre-selected our top five. Okay. Right. Uh, right. So right. So we've got we got <coughs> so here we go. You got David Holston. Yeah. Of the Santa Claus movie. Yeah. You got Mel Smith. Yeah. From what was it? Father Christmas. Father Christmas. Yeah. You've got uh, Tim Allen. Yeah. Of Santa Claus. Scott Calvin slash Santa in the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And you've got Edmund Gwen and Richard Attenborough. Yeah. Uh, playing Chris Kringle in the two yeah. versions of Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Okay. What are you feeling? What's your initial instinct? Well, I'm thinking as good as he was in it, I'm mm. putting Tim Allen fifth just because mm. the majority of the first film he's mm. not Santa Claus. Sure. And it's only the second two where he is Santa Claus. Sure. And they're shit. Also, <laughs> and I don't think this should be discarded yeah. or you know, passed yeah. over, the fact that Tim Allen is a bellend. <laughs> and so we should probably put him last. Okay. Tim Allen is fifth. Okay. All right. What are you thinking next? Mel Smith? I mean, he is animated. He's animated, which I feel like, I feel like it costs yeah. him. Much as his vocal performance yeah. is... Yeah. Top notch, don't yeah. get me wrong. But it's not traditional either, because he's, he's... It's not traditional. I feel, I feel like it was a rogue entry yeah. for you, yeah. but I appreciated it. Yeah. But I also feel like it was rogue, I feel like... Okay, so we're putting Mel Smith fourth. Mel Smith fourth. Okay. Third. Who have we got? you got Huddleston. Yeah. And then you got and the, the two... two, 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 two I think he has to put Huddleston third then. I agree. Um, he is great in it, but it's, it's, it's not the best film of all this time. This is the smoothest ranking yet. Yeah. Which... It doesn't normally go this way. So Huddleston also... Greatest Huddleston is, yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. That film's really about Dudley Moore it and <laughs> John Lithgow, Lithgow being fantastic. For free! <laughs> it's really about Lithgow and, and Dudley. Okay. So, and this is what I feared would happen, and now you've got to rank I know. number two and one, the two yeah. go fourth street Santa's, yeah. which I didn't want to do. No. Ah. Do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. I'd say the original film was better. Yeah. And Edwin Gwynn is fantastic. Yeah, no question. But... For us personally, yeah. obviously we grew up with the Attenborough version. Yeah. And we got a soft spot for Attenborough. We do. And that scene alone made us cry. And I can't imagine there ever being another time where, whilst we're discussing anything on Two Geeks, considering what we normally discuss, would ever make us cry. And for that reason alone, I, I like did. I did actually physically weep. I feel for that reason alone, Attenborough comes top. Fair. So number five, Tim Allen. Yeah. On the Santa Claus. Number four, Mel Smith from... Yeah. Father Christmas. Father Christmas. Number three, David Huddleston from Santa Claus the Movie. Yeah. Number two, Edmund Gwynn yeah. from the original version of Miracle on 34th yeah. Street. Number one, Richard Attenborough from Miracle on 34th Street. Miracle on 34th Street, 1904. <laughs> and at this point as well, I would actually like to raise a glass. Yeah. Because unfortunately, with the exception of Tamara, <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of those actors aren't with us anymore. Yeah. So to David Huddleston, mm-hmm. to Mel Smith, to Edmund Gwynn. And to Richard Attenborough. Merry Christmas Merry from Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it then. So, Merry Christmas one and all. Yeah. Um, I hope you have a, a lovely time, yeah. wherever you are. Have a fabulous Yuletide. Yeah. Um, Happy holidays and all that. Yeah. Uh, as ever, 
if you ever want to listen back to our old episodes, especially all the Christmassy themed ones. We did Christmas mm. horror movies, we've done Christmas weird TV specials like Power Rangers and all sorts. And the, uh, the 12 Days of Geekmas. Yeah, 12 Days of Geekmas. We did uh, Rankin the Scrooges. Ranked the Scrooges last year. And now, now this. So there's plenty more to be had of Christmas mm. Yuletide cheer. Uh, there is uh, Twitter, there is Facebook, there is Instagram. Yeah. It's all Two Geeks cast. Yeah. Follow us on all of those. Uh, also, you can email us, uh, podcast at twogeeks2beers.com. Uh, send us suggestions for future episodes. Say Merry Christmas if you want. Just, just yeah, yeah, send us yeah. Christmas, yeah. Uh, some Christmas cheer. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, why not? God, yeah, yeah we're just, it's not all, you know, shop talk. <laughs> just say Merry Christmas. Yeah. That'd be nice. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show. That can be your Christmas gift to us. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, next time, I mean, mm. 2019, I think, is going to be the year for two gigs. We're going to make a bigger effort than ever before. We said that we, last year. I know. We've got lots of... We have. We genuinely have lots of exciting plans we for did. the show. We did. Of various aspects, mm. and we can't wait to share them with you. And the next episode is technically the 50th episode... Well, it is the 50th Well, technically, episode. technically. Uh, and we have something exciting, promise. We won't, we won't reveal too much now, mm. but it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, but for now, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah. And we love you very much. <laughs> I'm not drunk. Oh, God. Champagne I, was a bad choice. I'm going to leave you all with, uh, as I ended with Father Christmas, there's mm. uh, a song which appeared at the end, sung by Mel Smith, called Another Bloomin' Christmas, yeah. which I think sort of sums up my general sort of uh, miserable feelings throughout the year um, except for Christmas I, I love Christmas bloody love Christmas um, but yeah thought it would be a nice little it was released as a single I don't think it reached top 40 or anything but you know it didn't reach the heights of uh, rocking around the Christmas tree nah, nah that was Mel Smith's uh, height when it came to uh, Christmas Christmas themes so anyway here's Mel Smith as Father Christmas with another room of Christmas so oh, cheers Merry, Merry Christmas Merry Christmas mate and uh, see you in January yeah for all the little girls and boys I've got this sack full of toys. I'm sure it gets blooming heavier every year. You've got to remember, this day in December is my busiest blooming night of the year. There's hours still to go, and my boots are full of snow, and both me poor old feet are blooming freezing. As we sail through the sky, Going ever so high. We wish you the best of the blooming season. So jump up on my sleigh, and we're all on our way to another blooming Christmas. Joe Chancellor is now. Hey. Sanjeev Baskar. Now. Fucking hell. How did you miss your glass? I, lucky though, innit? Nothing that bad happened. Yeah, it's fine. And I did break my laptop, it's fine. <laughs> Fucking hell. Gesturing too much. I went. I turned it all the way over. <laughs> oh, they're shopping with Sandy's back <laughs> Who? <laughs> 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 <laughs>